All right, everybody, welcome to the next edition of our Here for the Truth side chat. And today we have an amazing human being, uh, Chris Linscombe, in the house. He walked away from medical school in his third year in 2021 with no plan B, refusing to participate in violations of his conscience, integrity, and bodily autonomy. He simply trusted that doing the right thing would lead him on the right path for him and his family. He's a husband and father. He's a man who's always in the process of learning, growing, and becoming better. He served in the U.S. Army as an airborne infantryman and currently serves in the Army National Guard, which has also brought a unique set of challenges in recent years. Chris believes that the best way forward in the world is to unapologetically speak truth, courageously live with integrity, and consciously and intentionally create lives of freedom and purpose that make current paradigms irrelevant and obsolete. Damn, it feels like I could have written that last sentence myself. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think, man, you guys, I love the message that you're putting out. And so much of what you you guys stand for is in complete alignment. <clears throat> yeah, man, you, same here. I mean, you, you had me at your the first sentence of your bio. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll get into that when we get into your story, but much respect on that front. I'm sure plenty to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Man, yeah, I'm sure, so good man. to be here, you guys. Dude, it's so good to have you here, man. You've been someone that, you know, has been in the periphery for, for me for a while, you know, through through Instagram and social media. And there's just always that intuitive sense of alignment, you know, that, that that you know is there. I knew one day this conversation would happen. So I'm glad it's happening, man. Bro, let's 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 dive in. Like, what are some of your major rites of passage? What are those key turning points, pivotal moments in your life that I guess allow you to be the man that you are today? Yeah. <laughs> That's a big question, bro. Huge. Just jumping right in head first. Shit. Yeah. We're here for the truth. We're here for the truth, bro. Yeah, that's it. Um, man, I feel like the last few years has been a huge rite of passage and initiation for a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess we can just lead in with leaving med school. We'll start with recent history, man. Um, yeah, 2020 hit and what seemed like such blatant obvious absurdities to many of us um, for some reason uh, didn't to a lot of the people in the medical field. And I was in medical school studying naturopathic medicine. Um, Years before I was on the conventional medical track, you know, I wanted to to be an MD and, um, and then I, I switched later on. We can get into that a little bit later into naturopathic medicine. I thought, well, this is a much better option, right? But um, despite the training that they give us to appeal to peer-reviewed medical literature, scientific literature, there was just a complete shutdown of any dialogue and conversation around science and common sense whatsoever. So by the time 2021 rolled around, um, it was becoming increasingly obvious that no headway in, in terms of um, you know, having real uh, conversation with the, the admin and our our staff, um, the teaching staff was going to happen. So I just said, fuck this. Um, I'm not sacrificing my moral integrity. I'm not sacrificing my core values. I'm not sacrificing my body for an education and a, and a career. So I walked <laughs> with <laughs> no plan B, man. I mean, I, I've got Two stepdaughters, um, you know, a wife, bills to pay, massive amount of uh, school loans, 
And it was just like, this is the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like this has been, uh, you know, the, the last couple of years have been just this massive deepening of uh, my relationship with myself. And I would say even my, my relationship with God. Um, and it's been transformational on many fronts. And in hindsight, I look back and I think, man, that was so difficult to walk through. But I am so grateful. Like, I, I, you know, the more time goes by, the more I'm like, that was absolutely the right move. You know, no questions, no doubts. Yeah, man. Like, I feel like for all of us, we're confronted with these ridiculous choices in life. And like, we know deep down every single time, you know, which one's going to lead to evolution, but it's going to be fucking painful. And it's very, very hard to make such decisions. But I mean, you know, we're all in a hero's journey and we're all presented with dragons, you know, and it yeah. takes a person of real psychological and emotional fortitude to, to come to the conclusion that you did. But ultimately, that's something that would have shifted the entire trajectory <clears throat> of your life path in that single choice. Yeah. yeah. When, and I think, it, uh, you know, maybe not everyone understands that like becoming a doctor isn't just like you decide to go to school. And, and then, you know, you get spit out on the other end in, in a few years and you're a licensed physician. It's just, this is like a completely consuming path, which started for me back in 2009, you know, because you, you've got to do uh, your pre-med and then you've mm -hmm. got to do all of your research and you've got to work in labs. You've got to do your clinical hours. And then you have to go through the arduous process of applying to medical schools, um, interviewing. And then once you're in it's four years and then there's res residency, which is anywhere from like, you know, for, for naturopathic doctors, it's usually about a couple of years if they choose to do residency. And, and so we're, we're talking for me, this was like 12 years in the making, right? So this is a massive amount of invested time and energy and sacrifice and money. I mean, this wasn't just like, a willy-nilly decision like i don't like what you're telling me to do and yeah. so um fuck off if this was this was like what what, what is the approximate accrued, accrued cost 12 years in if you don't mind me asking yeah probably about a half a million dollars oh, yeah. out yeah that's what i would have guessed yeah yep. i think and, and this is why i have so much respect for you and other people that kind of take your path is like so many people have so much skin in the game like you talked about yeah with the investment and also like what comes along psychologically with like going on this path, like, Ooh, you're going to be a doctor. It's right. like you get all this esteem from mm -hmm. your external environment, from parents, from friends, et cetera. And it's like, I think like for so many people, they start this path, they go on it they invest $500,000, you know, their identity is built around it. And then if yeah. they do come to this place where this little part of them is peeking through and being like, Oh, not everything is what I thought it was. So many people push that down. Mm -hmm. I know many people will push that down and continue to push it down for a yeah. long time. And then what does that do to your soul? What does that do to your psyche, your sense yeah. of self? And it's like, and then it's like, you you keep pushing things under that rug. And then you come to this place in your life. You're like, what the fuck? You know? And so for you, yeah. granted, you did put, you know, a lot of time and energy into it. But to get to that point to be like, no, I'm done. It yeah. just says a lot about your psycho-emotional fortitude because most people in your position, a high, high, high percentage would not have done that, I don't think. Well, and a high percentage didn't. Yeah. And and there were 
there were a, a handful of students just at my school alone, and we had discussions and the the pressure that we all felt to just continue, just get through this, like, you know, just make a little side. And that's the way that this whole fucking thing was designed was just like one little sacrifice and just one more little sacrifice. And before you know it, you're so divided and separated from your core, from who you are, from your values, from your integrity, that, that, that you feel lost. But that, that was what a lot of us were doing was just like, well, you know, if I just get a weekly test, yeah. you know, if I just if I just maybe get one shot and I won't get boosters, you know, if, if I just go along with this masking bullshit, even though we all know that wholesale, all of this is ridiculous, um, you know, and, and so in conversations that I was having with a lot of my um, my colleagues at the time, there was just like this pressure and this fear like we we don't want to we don't want to lose our career that we worked so hard for. So we're just going to get through this. And then somewhere down the line, like things will change for us. Mm. And, and I'm looking at like, you know, a, a couple years down the road now. And what I've heard over and over again is I wish I would have done what you done. Yeah. What you did. And, you know, I, I have so much regret. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's wild because even back to what you said before, is that when you're faced with that decision, you you don't you can't picture two three years down the road where you are now saying I'm yeah. so happy that I made yeah. that decision because you don't know until you go through the trials and the tribulations and so that level of uncertainty is so psychologically destabilizing for so many people that it's like let's just keep going let's just stay on this path let's not disrupt the status quo yeah hundred percent man yeah so that this I. Again, like you know, where you started, like this has been a huge initiation rite of passage for me over the last few years, and it's and it's rooted me and deeply connected me to myself in ways that otherwise, this is part of my gratitude. When I look back, I would never have connected with on that kind of level, like yeah. my deep trust in my own intuition, like my deep trust in um in my you know my spiritual connection with with my creator with God, you know. Uh, the the ability to um like tap into my discernment and say I I don't know you know what the next step is but I know that this is the right one and however that fucking works out right I, I trust that it's going to be the yeah better one the the, the the compass is working you know yep. and that's that that's a powerful feeling especially when that's been you know self proven through 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 a number of choices. Because there's many compasses that are completely, you know, not calibrated at all uh, at this point in time as we as we look around us. Um, so like, what happened? How did you how did you get through? Yeah. Like, what happened on, on the other side of this <laughs> and, decision? And, yeah, and like, what were some of the like the specific unique personal challenges that you yeah. were faced with that you had to kind of go through that dark night of the soul and be like, man, fuck, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. Let me. Ba- I'll answer this question. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to back up one mm-hmm. year okay, to get a little bit more of a backdrop. So in, uh, 2020, um, I, I, I kind of came to a point of, of fork in the road in my personal life where I had to make some really difficult decisions about, um, you know, stopping, uh, drinking alcohol and, you know, my, relationship with with my partner with my wife Brittany was on the line my um 
sense of the man that I want to be in the future was on the line. And uh, for a variety of reasons, I was self-medicating with alcohol and it had reached a fever pitch. And it was affecting my emotional, psychological, and physical health. And so in uh, early fall of 2020, I said, you know, I got I to get rid of this drinking thing. We're throwing it out the window. And I got completely sober. And man, uh, yeah, if you've ever... If you've ever gone through, for any of the listeners who've ever gone through like getting sober, getting clean from some addiction, that's heavy shit. Yeah. And um, and I was in med school at the time, right? So um, there was just a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and a lot of like emotions coming to the surface, a lot of me doing like some really deep work within myself, like really, you know, confronting parts of myself that I had suppressed for a long, long time. And um you know, shadow work stuff and, and just sitting with feelings that were so uncomfortable and, uh, but so, so important. Right. So, so that whole year from 2020 to 2021, before I decided to to leave med school, I was already on this path of, of becoming in in a very intentional way Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and reconnecting with myself and really getting healthy. And so by, by the time that 2021 rolled around, um, you know, I'm clear-minded. I'm sober. I've already been building up this momentum of dealing with my shit in life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tapped into this, like leaning into the uncertainty, leaning into like difficult, painful processes. And so when um, fall of 2021 rolled around, when I decided to walk from med school, um, this is where I was at, you know? And I, like I said, I didn't have a plan B. So there was this pressure of like, I've got bills to pay. I've got a family that depends on me. I've, I've spent over a decade working towards this goal, this career. And I don't know what's next. I don't know if I'm going to like, just get a job at a coffee shop to pay bills. I'm like, I got to throw out all my ego. I got to throw out all my pride. I've got to, you know, I just got to walk this path. And so interestingly for, so I decided to leave in late August, early September. And for the next three months, um, you know, all the, all the kids are going through this COVID bullshit. They're masking them at school. They're feeding them with all this indoctrination with, with the COVID nonsense. And we pulled our, our um, middle daughter, who's uh, at the time she was 13 years old. And we decided to homeschool her. And there weren't a lot of options. I live in like a medium sized to small town. And so I said, okay, well, we have no experience with homeschooling. Let's fucking create something. And um, so we just put out uh, kind of a call in our local community. I think we launched it on Facebook. I just made like a little post and it went viral in our little town. Oh. And you know, we just were gonna have a meeting and like let's get a bunch of parents, concerned parents together, and let's just talk about what alternatives there are for kids, you know, because there are a lot of people here in this area that weren't on board with all this the stuff that the schools were doing. So we met at a local public park and about 150 people or so showed up. And um, like here I am, like heading up this thing with no educational experience, no real plan. <laughs> 
And someone brought like a, a loudspeaker and or a bullhorn thing. So I'm like in the middle of this park, at, you know, the height of the COVID nonsense, talking to like 150 concerned parents and some of their kids. Like, mm-hmm. let's fucking create alternatives for school. <laughs> and it, it was just this wild ride for three months. And I'm like, okay, I left med school. And here I am just like in the throes of creating, we don't know what. And so we just connected like a bunch of like local people in our community um, you know, teachers, um, some administrators, a bunch of like local churches even got involved. Um, some local, like, uh, political activists kind of, you know, organizations and whatever, whoever was willing to like show up and pitch in. And and we started connecting all of these different like homeschool communities in the area. So that was like, all right, let's, let's fucking do this. And, um, meanwhile, I'm not working. And I've got bills to pay. And I'm thinking like, all right, what's next? I'm thinking, well, you know, I can use my my medical knowledge and I can do health coaching or I can start this business or I can go over here and learn a trade and become a welder or who knows, you know, I'm just yeah, brainstorming all these different ideas. And um, I ended up going to get my CDL and I'm like, I'm going to drive trucks because like the turnaround's really quick, like go for, to school for a month, get a job. Um, driving trucks and that'll just carry us, you know, to the next thing, whatever that might be. As it goes with most truck driving jobs, especially when you're starting out, like you're, you're spending like, you know, three or four weeks away from home, you come back for a few days and then you're gone again. That's typical. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do that, but that's kind of like what everyone has to do. We'll get through six months if that's what I got to do. Um, I ended up cold calling a local company uh, that, you know, truck driving company and saying, Hey, I've got zero experience driving trucks, but I, I heard you guys are a really great company to work with. And, and I'd love to to chat with you and just pick your brains and, you know, maybe you'll offer me a job. And I got a hold of, I think it was the vice president of the company. He's the guy that answered the phone and he, and he goes, well, you know, you're 40 years old. Why are you driving trucks now? Are you just getting started? I said, well, okay, here's my story. You know, I went to med school and this whole thing happened and I'm leaving and I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, so he goes, okay, I like your story. I like you. He stayed on the phone with me for 30 minutes. He goes, call back in a few weeks. So we, we carry on this conversation. I end up landing this job with this local company, which by the way, you're home every single night. I I'm never more than like, I don't know, 10 miles from home. And this is the first time that this company has been around for 75 years has ever hired a driver without any experience. So I'm like, this is, this is so great. Like things are kind of coming together. I'm thinking this isn't my career, you know, but, but at least I'm working close to home. I'm making decent money. Um, this company doesn't care about any of this COVID nonsense. So I'm kind of in the clear with that. And, and so I just started driving trucks and I, <laughs> from med school to, to truck driving. Wow. Dude, there are multiple times during that, that I just got chills. Like serious chills, man. Your story, like, fuck, bro. That's incredible. <laughs> like, it's just incredible, just like doing what you have to do and and going through that experience. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have no words, man. Just much respect. Been a wild ride, but it's not over. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, like in 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 your bio, you mentioned you're currently serving in the mm-hmm. Army National Guard. Like, how's it how's it been navigating that in terms? of everything that we're experiencing have experienced. Yeah. So as all this stuff's been going 
was going down with with school and trying to find a job. At the same time, I'm dealing with the military mandating this um, this shot, and I'm like, I've already given up my career. I've already given up, you know, all this. I'm like, what's one more thing if they they kick me out of the military for this? So, which you know, I don't want to be kicked out of the military, but I'm not going along with this shit. Um, so, I I went to my chain of command and um, talked with my commander, and and I said, you know, hey, I'm concerned about what the outlook is with my military career. Can you? advise me here um to you know what might happen if i refuse and this is what the military uh, considered a lawful order right so if you disobey a lawful order there can be potentially very serious consequences and he goes well you know chris like you just need the science and i go look i have an ivy league education and i just left medical school over this i was like if you want to talk science we can talk science all day but I'm not getting this shot under any circumstances. Is there any, he says, well, Chris, is there any way that we can convince you? Is there anything I can say? I said, absolutely not. I said, so what am I looking at if I refuse this? He goes, well, I, we don't know. He said, you could be kicked out. You could face court martial. You could get a dishonorable discharge, which for those who don't know, dishonorable discharge is essentially like being a felon. Like it's really difficult to get jobs you you're not allowed to own firearms you know it's it's a very serious thing um you lose all of your military benefits i mean it's just a long list of like it's a, it's a pretty harsh consequence over at refusing a shot so i'm like well fuck it you know if i get a dishonorable fine if i get a court martial whatever like we're just doing this this is all happening at the same time like i'm leaving med school i'm having these conversations we're starting homeschool i'm going to cdl school the, all this is just it's chaos right so um, I end up putting in for a request for a religious exemption. And, and I write this up and I just say, well, God told me not to get this. Who's going to argue with that? <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't say what religion I didn't say, like, you know, yeah. I just said, God told me not to. Okay. So really my intuition and common fucking sense said, don't get this thing. But regardless, that's what I put in my memo. I submitted it and it was, you know, circulating amongst higher ups in the military for like a year and a half, something like that. And then just this year, I think um, they rescinded the the mandate for that, that shot. And then I got a letter from the national guard bureau saying like, Oh, you know, since this is no longer an order, um, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And I mean, it just, it was hectic. It was, it was pretty stressful. I had some intense conversations. Yeah. You bought yourself some time though by putting that in, which is yeah, it's just ridiculous. It just just go to show like during that time, people thought so much of you know what was coming to us in terms of mandates and orders was just infallible. But you know, the moment you show you know some some resistance, you recognize mm -hmm. very quickly that you know it's often much more of a facade than like you know the, the sturdy iron fist that we think it is. You know, that was my personal experience. Mm -hmm. You know, appearing in court, etc. Um, but. It was a test, right? It was it was a test for all of us yeah. during that time in the midst of the depth of the intensity, you know, and it was a lot um, yeah. to be able to really stake our flag in the ground um, and stand on two feet and, you know, pronounce aloud who we are, what we value and what we really stand for. Right. 
And you were in Australia. Yeah. Hmm. It's a little crazy. Things were wild down there. What's up, guys? Hope you're enjoying this side chat. What an incredible story uh, Chris has. Just quickly, um, if you guys are down to meet like-minded community and join the conversation even on a deeper level around topics such as German new medicine, nervous system, homesteading, uh, you know, and so much more, plus getting six calls a month and being able to connect with us and ask us questions in person, then Friends of the Truth, our membership community, might be the place for you. We're now offering a seven-day free trial. So if you're down, you can head to friendsofthetruth.co or use one of the links in the bio below and sign up there. Please enjoy the rest of the side chat. Bro, most people in you know the truth-seeking worlds and communities never thought that we'd be allowed to fly out again without getting like ever. Like ever. Like yeah. we, we thought this is it. This is this is like the new world order, the next step. This is just this is it for good, you know? Like some of the harshest lockdowns in the world, 23-hour yeah. curfews, you know, like allowed out for one hour simply to only to exercise. It was nuts. It was it was crazy, man. Dystopian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, like live, living in Mexico now for the last six months, um, it's becoming clearer to me that, you know. Australia, Canada, New Zealand, you know, that's they they are the testing grounds. Like mm. that's that's where they're they're rolling things out first. They're mm. they're the control countries, in my opinion. Um, and you know, just the level of I, I can I can I just breathe a lot deeper here, you know. Yeah. And it's just yeah. it's the immediate feeling of not having, you know. All that, all that red tape, all that authoritarian threat, mm. you know, constant, constantly. And it's a constant energetic drain in Australia, you know, and yeah. I, I'm able to perceive that now. But be, being in there, man, it's, you can't have the perception. Like, I'm, I had to fly 25 hours to, to have the perspective that I have. Mm. You, couldn't mm. even, you couldn't even come through the US. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. At, at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, I'm curious. Um, because obviously a lot of people make certain life choices based on outside external pressures, uh, especially social friends, family, et cetera. Like during this whole process, like what was the, what the feedback that you were getting from, you know, people in your life, um, Mm -hmm. friends, family that were like, you, you're leaving medical school, but you've done all this work. What's going on? I'm just curious how some of those conversations went. Yeah. I was really fortunate to have a supportive wife. He, he, she just stood by me the entire time. She's like, I, I trust you. And Amazing. man, I'm so fortunate for that because there were others who, you know, their families were really split and even between husband and wife, like their views on this whole thing that man, shit was so intense for a while that for like two years, like oh. there was just this cloud of intensity, man. Like we just lived through the weirdest, one of the weirdest fucking times Anyway, so I, I was really, I had a lot of support. I was really fortunate to have my wife's support. And that was, that was number one, right? And then um, our sort of close family and my parents and her parents, they were all very supportive and they were kind of on like team freedom, so to speak. So they understood. Sure. Um, and, and I was also like very, very firm about my beliefs and my values. And I was outspoken about it. I mean, publicly outspoken about it. And um, even in the in the military, on social media, in conversations, I was like, I'm not fucking budging on this. And so if there were any naysayers, like they 
they weren't going to say anything to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, there were many other people in similar positions who made difficult choices and didn't have a supportive community. And, you know, so they had to go at things alone. But yeah. And like, how, how far along was your like awareness regarding like the corruption and vaccine dangers mm-hmm. by the time 2020 mm-hmm. rolled around? Or was that, what did that happen during that period? Yeah. So there's, there's levels to awakening, right? Like, yeah, of course we're constantly fucking learning and, and unraveling things we think we know yeah. and learning better. Um, in 2020, I was open-minded about like, you know, the vaccine schedule may not be the the best idea for kids, but I still believed in the fundamental um, philosophical undergirdings of it, that, that there are these things, um, these invisible viruses that float around from host to host that make people sick and vaccines like protect people, um, that immune systems, you know, are a real thing and et cetera, et cetera. So um, for probably... 2020 through what, two years, I was like mainstream alt narrative. Gotcha. You know, people like Dr. Michael Yeadon and Robert Malone and um, Dr. Peter McCullough, like these guys, I'm like, yeah, these guys are heroes and they're speaking the truth. And, um, you know, RFK Jr., like, you know, but it, would, so it wasn't until probably early 2022 that I really took a deep dive into the myth of contagion and um, that there really is no scientific evidence for the existence of pathogenic viruses, these little particles, um, which was another level to my awakening. Right. So yeah, it's just been, that's probably like another initiation (laughs) or rite of passage that many of us have gone through as like, you know, we, we saw kind of like the corruption with COVID and then we like peeled back the layers a little bit more and we're like, actually, like, I don't think viruses even exist. I don't think that's real. Um, you know, it, it's just like layers upon layers. And, and so, yeah, yeah. When it all started, I was like mainstream alt narrative mm-hmm. to like, now I'm like, it, the, the whole thing is, is ridiculous. Like, I mean, really the entire Western medical biomedical paradigm is nonsense so when i look back on my decision from 2021 to walk away from med school i'm like oh thank goodness like, thank goodness yeah 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 so much I, of life man is really unlearning and relearning especially mm-hmm. with how our system is set up and all these different fields you know especially in the the medical field um yeah so yeah man and, and like i couldn't agree more there's just different stages of awakening mm-hmm. and, and it, you have to have the psycho-emotional fortitude you have to have the openness and the curiosity and the desire to be like, why do I believe what I believe? Yeah. Like that simple question. And then to allow that question to take you to all the different places. Yeah. Oh, well, it's because I went to a school. It's because they told me. But like, do I really know? Are there other people that don't believe these things? And if there are, like, maybe I should open my mind up to what they're saying. Are there other books? Are there other videos? Are there documentaries? You know, and mm-hmm. this is this is the whole, this is the truth-seeking process. You know, like people think, oh, I'm just going to what click on one influencer, alternative influencers, Instagram page or a website. Like, now I got the new truth. Yeah. You know, it's like just 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 the next safety net. That's all. Yeah. Like you have to like what you said before, you've been getting in touch with that inner that inner voice, the inner discernment. Like you, Mm -hmm. you have to just take the information in and really tune in and see what makes rational sense. Yeah. 
you know? And then, so when you come across these different ideas, which is like, you know, definitely something that's big in my life that challenged the contagion paradigm, like it's fascinating, you know, it's mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating and it makes sense, mm-hmm. not just based on what I'm hearing, but even just my personal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely. wild. Like, you know, I, I started gaining awareness around the vaccine issue around 2015 and I was very outspoken mm. between 2015 and 2020 you know before COVID came around and like during that period man like this was a steel wall like if you told me that one day millions of people are going to be questioning the efficacy and safety of vaccines like bro I, I would like you I, you couldn't have convinced me that 10 or 20 people would start questioning them like this was the holy grail this was yeah. this was God to so many people and to mm-hmm. think that now like in three years, we've shifted not only to the questioning vaccines, to questioning virology and, you know, invisible pathogens mm-hmm. altogether. Like that's just fucking testament to the yeah. human evolutionary process, man. Yeah. And this collective awakening process as well. Like how quickly yeah. it moves. And it's like, it's on them though. They're the ones that highlighted this issue. They're the ones that forced millions of eyes to pay closer attention to what's really happening around vaccines and around mm-hmm. viruses and around virology. You know, so it's, it's amazing. Yep. Yep. 100%. I, I talk about like the, the gifts of 2020 and beyond. Like I've, I've used that phrase a number of times yeah. in conversation. And it's like all these, this massive awakening that we could never have made happen otherwise. People like tuned into um, the, 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 the lies and the deception. And they're like, this doesn't make sense. And it just opened their minds to start questioning other, you know, fundamental beliefs. Yeah. yeah. But like, awesome. you know, like, and, and and I think that, I I think that it's so important to be able to hold loosely the things that we believe and to be aware. I, I think that we can speak confidently. I think we can speak courageously and with integrity, the things that, um, we believe are true, um, but but I think that we can also hold them loosely and say, I'm not going to be dogmatic about this. This mm-hmm. is where I'm at. I, f- I feel very firmly in this conviction that that this is true, but it it might not be, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, you're not you're not identifying with it. You know, you're right. using it as 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 a, as a mask. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, man. Yeah. That's this is where like humility needs to come in, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I've done my work i've done my research i've yeah. i've learned a lot of things i've challenged things and i don't know i could be wrong i don't mm-hmm. think i am but i could be we'll see we'll see what the next five years brings yeah because right. again like what joel said if you asked me like 10 years ago certain things that i thought were true and then if you said hey in 10 years you know this is what your path will be this is what you'll believe <laughs> i'd be like what that's yeah. actually even a thing to be explored i mean even the things we're talking about about challenging virology like People don't even know that that's even a thing to be considered. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so first you need to be faced with the fact that that's even a conversation people are having. Mm-hmm. Then if you're curious and into it and you go down these rabbit holes and you go, oh, well, let me peel away the layers mm-hmm. and let me come to my own decision. But it's like, there's just all these different conversations happening and people don't even know that these other conversations are even possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The the germ theory of disease, man, that's a weird one. And people people are like I think religiously devoted to it. It's it's like part of their central dogma for for how they conduct their lives. And when you when you begin to question like the contagion that there there might not be viruses, 
I don't think there are. Uh, that, you know, bacteria doesn't necessarily cause disease. People are like, I mean, there's like a visceral emotional reaction, right? Because this is like generations of indoctrination. But again, like you said, it's like bringing awareness to that conversation, just like calling that into question in an intelligent and maybe non-abrasive way as mm -hmm. much as possible. Yeah. Paradigm it, shattering. It, it really is paradigm shattering. And um, it's up to the individual because how many people are presented with this information and they just have the knee jerk reaction like you're fucking crazy, you know, and then there's the individual that goes, huh, let me see. Like I'm a. I would say a novice student of German new medicine, you know, based mm. on the five biological laws that were discovered by Dr. Hammer. Mm. And, you know, when I came across that a couple of years ago, I mean, that that's fascinating to me mm -hmm. just to see like this symbiotic, this, the interplay between the psyche, the brain and, and the organ system and the body, like how our thoughts cause adaptations, like even that mm -hmm. simple fact and specific, you know, beyond just this, the general oh, stress causes disease. Like that's a whole nother layer in my opinion. I don't know if you've at all dived into that work at all. And I, I think it's fascinating to consider. And back to what you said, why um, this is so triggering for people is that when we move away from this like germ theory paradigm, you have to be totally into radical self-responsibility. Like in mm -hmm. people that aren't into self-responsibility to a certain degree, they're not, they're not going to be into going down these, these, uh, you know, these areas of interest, you know, and, th and, and looking into it, they just don't, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. easy to be like, Oh, I'm sick. I have the common cold because of like someone brushed up against me, mm -hmm. you know, and not to go, Hey, what am I thinking? What's my emotional state? What events have happened in my life that caused me to go into survival mode and mm -hmm. adapt? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. And I, I think calling into question something so fundamental to like our, our consciousness and in, in our Western society, I think one of the reasons why it's so triggering is because like, if that's not true, what else isn't true? Like, true. this is like, right. Everyone knows this is true, right? Everyone knows that viruses exist and the, the germ theory of disease is, is the truth. So if that's not true, what else might I be believing yeah. that isn't you know you know so and you think yeah, about I the just, amount of money you think about the amount of money and time oh that has been built on mm -hmm. this foundational premise massive industries mm -hmm. billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of dollars invested into this mm -hmm. foundational premise that mm -hmm. could be wrong yeah entire industries like <laughs> entire phds like <laughs> And, you know, as someone who was very much in that world, um, studying science and working in lab, I worked in a biochemistry lab in, in um, Illinois State University studying Leishmania, which is a bacteria that um, apparently causes leishmaniasis in tropical regions of the world. And, you know, working in biohazard labs. Anyways, completely enmeshed in these worlds. There is um, no point at which during that training track of becoming a doctor, becoming a, a scientist, working in labs, that you even have the time to question the fundamental assumptions that you're being taught. So it is so absorbing. It is a single-minded focus that you have. Like the, it's, it's a complete indoctrination. It is a religion. And so when you're learning about viruses and um, you know bacterial diseases, at no point 
are is there even a suggestion to like go back and read the original papers? Like this whole belief system, this entire industry is built on a few fundamental papers that basically launched virology into uh, a discipline, a, a scientific discipline. But but at no point are you are you like challenged? Like go back and read those original papers. Does this even follow the scientific method? Is this even good science or was this junk science to begin with? And then they just launched into all these assumptions. And it's like, you go back to those original papers and then this is why like medical doctors and scientists, people with all these advanced degrees, like are so resistant to it because they've, they've devoted so many years, so much time, so much energy to studying these things. They, they, have been fed this line of bullshit that like, oh, you're this expert. You wear a white coat. You're so respectable. We need to listen to you. You're on this pedestal of, you know, expertise and whatever. Uh, it, it, and you're 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 going back to the cornerstones, the very foundations, and you're saying like, look, like th this isn't real. Like this is bad science. This is junk science. And if you remove that cornerstone, the entire house of cards crumbles. And you're, you're talking about like people's entire careers, 30, 40, 50 years of yeah. doing science or being in medical practice. And, and you're being forced to look at that as a practitioner and go, holy shit, like what was I doing for decades of my life if this is all bullshit and lies? And, 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 who, and who has the psychological and emotional like strength to really feel the vulnerability of that potential of like, holy shit. And so what usually happens is change doesn't happen overnight. A yeah. lot of people that have had certain positions and in institutions, they die off and then new generations come in that have a little bit more open-minded, open-mindedness and, and they shift things. But I'm curious to see when this thing, this conversation will enter into more of a mainstream uh, understanding and then people will look back and go, holy fuck. Yeah. Well, you'd think the next step is for it to be, you know, had in like a Rogan or a Lex Friedman podcast or something like that, you know? Yeah, or or six episodes on here for the truth, you know, t talking about this stuff. Uh, but no, but it is but it is the truth. Like you think about yeah. the new media, and you think about podcasts. People are disillusioned. Mm -hmm. We talk about this all the time with mainstream media. Like people are going to podcasts. They're going to alternative yeah. forms of information. So you know, yeah, sure. When you're Joe Rogan or Lex Friedman, and you have millions upon millions of people that listen to your episodes, once you once you venture into this territory, territory, it's a whole other world. Yeah. You know? But, the, but they, I feel like they tell the line. They tell the line with certain subjects as well. Yeah, of course. But there's always an, an, an eventuality, you know. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, Joe Rogan brought up some stuff that I wish he brought up a year and a half prior to that. But again, you know. Yeah. Do you guys think like this whole germ theory of disease is like um, more so intentional or more so attributed to human ignorance, which we're just slowly waking out of or a mixture of both? I'm, I'm, you answer that, bro, and then I'll have my thoughts. I think when you go back over 100 years and you look at you know, some of the foundations of this stuff, you know, like Louis Pasteur and uh, Béchamp, and the back and forth that was happening at the time, I, I, think, that, um, I think that there was an in intentionality to it. Um, Louis Pasteur was a fraud. He was a scientific fraud, and he knew it in his posthumously released journals. Um, he knew he was a fraud, and he did a lot of junk science. And he was being funded by some you know, really interesting characters 
um, that, that basically silenced Beauchamp and, and, and elevated Louis Pasteur's ideas about the germ theory of disease. But I, I think that there was some intentionality to it because it, it was profitable. And and then I think it snowballed from there. You know, so um yeah, I, I think like the whole the whole conversation around vaccines um and the history of them is a co- complex one, but I but I think that there was intentionality. And I think at this point, several generations removed from sort of establishing the germ theory of disease as like, this is the paradigm that we function in, uh, uh, Western biomedical paradigm. Um, You're no longer having these conversations about, is this true or not? It's just been established Mm -hmm. fact in quotes. And, and so no one's actually taking the time to question it. It's, I I think they are starting to now, but um, so I, I think there was an intentionality to begin with. And then I think it's like evolved. And I'm, I'm like, I, I don't even know if any scientists are aware that virology is, is fake science. You know, I, I don't know if any doctors are even aware that vaccines are bullshit. Like, so I, I think they're just participants in a system that has become a monster. Well said, man. Well said. Yeah. I think there's definitely the level of intentionality, but then as time goes on, people just accept things as to be true. And then they just, they keep doing it, you know, like, oh, well, these part of these pictures, there's a viruses. That's it. OK, mm-hmm. let's move on. And then let's let's um, continue on from there. Mm-hmm. So who are some of the people that kind of inspired you to kind of start asking these questions and going down um, these rabbit holes of, of independent research? Yeah, well, a lot of the names that you would probably be familiar with. I think Alec, Zach has been instrumental in, yeah. in bringing to light a, a lot of um those people in the community that are yeah. very good at science, like Dr. Tom Callen, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, um, Dr. Melissa Sell. Um, gosh, there's a long laundry list. Yeah, yeah. Amanda Vollmer. Um, you, you know, p- people who have been talking about these things for years. And um, yes, I'm trying to remember, think back how I was exposed to these conversations. And I, I want to say probably my initial exposure would have been through Alec. Yeah. Ex-military, ex-military too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, man, and I just, I just love and respect Alec so much and the work that he's doing and and the voice that he has in the world and his platform and how he's using it. Like, man, I, I think he's just doing a lot of good as well as you guys too. But, you know, um, but, anyways, yeah. So uh, what, Chris? Sorry, what's what, that? What you said? <laughs> You guys, you guys are doing good too, but I'm like, but what? But no, no, no. I mean, our focus no isn't. Yeah, like I'll no, I hear you, man. I mean, uh, Alex, a homie, and I mean, he is just he has such an incredible ability to take complex scientific ideas mm-hmm. and communicate them in a way that is that are digestible and understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, he's definitely a, an ally on on this on this fight to kind of challenge, uh, you know, certain certain established. Um, truths and i say truths and quote but yeah, even yeah. within the alternative field because like that's what joel and i are about man it's like there's all these different little pockets and these different collectives and even within like the truth conspiracy mm-hmm. independent research you have people that just hold on to these things and like hey i'm not saying i have all the answers but right. i always want to keep look, looking and challenging and seeing where are my blind spots and and like what else is out there that could make more rational sense and even scientific sense from a truly scientific standpoint not just hey you know, Sanjay Gupta said this on CNN. So there you go. This is what the truth is. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. We all have blind spots. Like the that self awareness is critical, really. We all do. I mean, shit. Would you know? There's there's probably things that I believe that in three years from now I'll look back and I go like, I can't believe I believe that. Like that was so silly. But I know I have confidence in myself to to know now that the path I'm walking is going to create room for those things to be undone. For me to like, I want to create an openness and a space within myself to like embrace truth and to let go of things that aren't true. And that's a continual process of becoming like none of us is fucking arrived. None of us are fully awake. Like we're all becoming better. Right. And we're kind of like, you guys are having conversations with all these different people who have perspectives on different issues, you know? And as that happens, like we all kind of like walk each other home as Ram Dass and like, we're all kind of like creating this awareness for each other. Yeah, yeah, man. People need to move away from using this this final finality term "awake." Yeah, you know, and we see it enough. I'm awake. You're asleep. As if it was that simple. Yeah. So what what's what's inspiring you these days, Chris? Oh man, um, that's a great question. Simplicity. Simplicity is inspiring to me. I have like these this really beautiful. Uh, simple daily routine that I go through. And um, I'm looking, I'm, so I'm 41 years old right now. I'll be 42 in November. And I've got 40 or 50 years left of my life. And I'm looking back at my life and I'm thinking, man, I've lived some really cool adventures. I've lived overseas a couple of times. I've, I've studied, I've lived over the, all over the States. I've had a, just a lot of different, like really beautiful experiences in life. And I feel like my life has just started. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like I've lived five lifetimes. And if, if in my 40s, I'm like, my life has just started. And I want the next 40 or 50 y- years to be more impactful, more expansive, more full of life, more, more full of vitality and love than all, you know, all the last years combined. Like I want my life to continue to just impact others for good, right? So that is what is so inspiring to me. And what I'm finding like rootedness in and groundedness in is a simple, the simplicity of my daily routines. You know, I, I wake up, rest in, I drink water. I spend an hour doing breath work and meditation and prayer. I do writing. I connect with my family. And, and I'm just like, I just want to be a good man. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. I want my life, to, when I when I die, we all will die someday. But at, at the end of my life, I want to look back and be like, I made a difference in others' lives. Like they are more whole. They are more alive because of what I said, because of the ways that I interacted with others. And that's what's inspiring to me is like, how can I make these next 40 or 50 years really mean something for other people? How can it be full of meaning and purpose? I love you, bro. <laughs> sermon over. <laughs> I, I smile when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm about to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. Joel's tells. I was waiting for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, beautifully said, man. I mean, I, I I love it. I love that you're taking care of yourself. You know what? You know what you. I think, man, because I feel very similarly to you in that you know, obviously, I'm a bit younger than you. I'm 32, but 33 this year, and like. I too only now just feel like my life is getting started in 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 many many ways, but I think that it's going to keep feeling this way because I think 
the more that we shift onto an authentic path, it's always like there's there's new horizons. It's like every day is fresh. We like we're we're mm-hmm. not in the mundanity. We're not in the in the in the in the routine of you know whatever society has pre-programmed us to participate in. And like every day really is an is a new adventure. There's something. There's a new creative process. There's something mm-hmm. fresh to build upon. There's new ways of being. There's new ways of relating. I'm not stagnant. I'm not stuck. You know, yeah. in, in a sim- single container of being. And uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I just feel like it's felt this way for the last couple of years now. It's like I'm just I'm just getting started. No matter where I go down this path, and I would, no, no matter where we build up to, no matter how far up the climb the the mountain we climb, it's like it still feels fresh. Absolutely, and I think that that's that's really living. It's like okay. you, you there's an ex, there's supposed to be an expansiveness to life. There's supposed to be like a charge to life. Where you're like, I, I just good things are coming, yeah. right? Like everything's working together somehow for good. I believe that. I trust that. Yeah. I'm just gonna focus on being the best man that I can be. And that's 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 what it is, man. Like if you have an objective code of morality, and unto which you live by, you know, then you're always gonna be integrity with yourself. And I think when you're truly in integrity with yourself, when you're truly a friend to yourself. That is when the entire universe conspires in your favor. That's yeah. when there's no there's no more blockages, right? That's when there's there's no more secrets being hidden. There's no more like you yeah. know taboo stuff under under the carpet under the rug. Like we faced all that shit, and it's mm-hmm. like we become like a clear conduit for mm-hmm. good things to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I f- I feel that way too, man. And like even like everything that we experienced between 2020 and 2023, and the challenges that we had to face. Um, you know, that makes me feel in many ways like impervious to like mm-hmm. this stuff. It's like, sorry, but like I feel like you can't touch me. Like, yeah. I feel like I've experienced the peak of that, the height of that. I stood up, you know, and you yeah. didn't do shit to me. In fact, you only made me more powerful. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love like, you know, that last line in your bio. Creating lives of freedom and purpose that make current paradigms irrelevant or obsolete. Yeah. That's it, man. That's how many, how many of us in when 2020, 2021 hit and our energy was just so focused on this is bullshit. Yeah. Right? I'm so angry. Look at what they are doing. And the, the narrative of like, yeah, like they are going to do this and they're going to make our, they're taking our freedoms away. That that shit has not stopped, like, right? But the focus for for I know for myself and it, and and um, it seems for you guys as well has been like, all right, we're we're not gonna focus on all that shit. We're gonna focus on what what can we build, what can we create, what can what truth can we speak, who can we become, and we have so much power collectively when we consciously focus our energy and intention and if we're collectively focusing our energy and, and intention on all the all this bad stuff that's happening and there's, there's bad stuff happening hands down then more bad stuff happens and nothing really good comes of it but when we collectively and individually focus our conscious intention and our energy on like we're going to create something better we're going to create something good i'm going to build something that's meaningful for me and for my family for my friends for my community yeah. Then like this this bad stuff that happens, like it loses its power. Yeah. 
it, it loses its influence. Like they, the they, <clears throat> some of the psychopaths that are in, in charge of some of these like global agendas, their illusion, their power, or the, their their power and their authority is an illusion. You know, and, and we buy into it by focusing our energy and attention on what they're doing. And it's like, no, let's that's obsolete when we focus our our energy and our attention on the good things that we can do. Yeah, man. I'm I'm living and creating my life almost as if, you know, Fuck they yeah. don't even exist. Like it's like a little fucking fly that flies past every now and then. I'm like, <laughs> get off me, you know? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Chris, man. This has been one of my favorite conversations, you know, so, so beautiful to, you know, hear your story um, and, you know, really, really see your light and see your heart, you know, through the way that you express yourself. Um, so, you know, it's a huge honor to, to be in your presence and to share this space in this conversation with you, bro. Yeah. Likewise. I love what you guys are doing. I just, I, I love it. Thank, thank God that there are men in this world like you guys. Right back at you, man. Yeah. Um, I echo everything Joel said, like, Love hearing your story. Obviously, for me, you know, part of my awakening began realizing certain truths about the medical system, the scientific system. And so, you know, just to hear your story and to be someone, to be a person that kind of stood for your personal values and your integrity, like, man, you, you have my automatic respect, man, because I know how hard it is. And I'm sure you witnessed how hard it is for people to to do that. So thanks for sharing your story, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep living that simple deep, meaningful life. Um, and I hope I'll get to meet you in person one day. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I feel the same way. Thanks so much for having me, guys. No worries, man. Bro, just in closing, like how can our people connect with you? And is there anything that you'd like to like direct them towards? Yeah, no, just, you know, if you want to connect with me, um, you can find me on Instagram or email me at uh, chris at chrislinscom.com. Um, you know, I, I love connecting with with people in the the, the freedom community, if you will. Um, but I, I, ju I just love connecting with others and, and uh, opening up conversation and and stuff. So yeah, it's probably awesome. the, the best way. Yeah, you got you got something going on with B Murph now as well, right, Brenda Murphy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon, oh, cool. Brandon and Amy, and they're good folks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all Australians, man. You have like just a different sense of humor. I love it. <laughs> awesome, guys. Yeah. I hope you've been feeling inspired from this conversation. Um, go connect with Chris if you feel called. Definitely follow him. I definitely recommend that. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward and never